Well, thank you again, everyone. Just as a quick round of introductions on the panelists. My name is Frank Day. So my day, in my day job, uh, I run marketing for a small software company, Alelife, known as uh, Tesora. We are a database as a service company on the OpenStack cloud. I know that means a lot to all of you guys. We're a 20-person outfit. My marketing team consists of myself, one full-time person doing events, and an intern who is a senior at Bentley College, Bentley University now, I guess is what you call it. Um, I've been practicing Agile in one way or another probably for like a decade. It wasn't until about five or six years ago that I kind of realized that actually it was Agile that we were doing. Um, to introduce some of the other folks on the panel, I'm going to pronounce uh, Shri Rajo... Sorry, I'll butcher your name, Shri. was introduced to me as a Physicians Interactive in the Product Management Office. Miles has some experience in, across marketing, sales, and across the operations of Physicians Interactive. The best on this panel, Larita Bach, Director of Demand Generation. Did I get it right? Marketing Programs. Marketing Programs. It was coming upon six, eight months now at a company called Twin Strata, which was acquired by EMC. And both Larita and I loved EMC so much that months of the acquisition. Uh, Larita and I practiced Agile for, I guess, almost a year together and uh, with different stories of its pluses and minuses. And it's a backup. Let's say online backup service for MSPs. So that does a lot of email marketing, but also a lot of Agile. We can share a little bit on that. Uh, what I wanted to do, what is Agile marketing? And I think that, you know, I would basically say, I think that if you were to look at Abernathy and Utterback, the classic technology adoption lifecycle stuff from the 60s and 70s, and design has not yet emerged, right? That there's a lot of people trying a lot of different things. So approaches and new marketing management things. You could argue that the dominant design hasn't really yet emerged. The technology space is quite mature. There's, there are you know, scrum masters, there's this established Barnes & Noble on how to become a scrum master. I mean, it's really well known. But in marketing, it's relatively unknown. I started, I, I, my friend John Cass and I decided we were going to try and do a podcast on agile and marketing. And we interviewed about 20 people and we kind of mm -hmm. lost you know, for a variety of reasons, lost momentum on our salesforce.com. John must have called like 10 people trying to find someone to interview. No luck. So it wasn't until probably 2012, middle of 2012, heading into 2013, that people got about 40, 40 people? 35. 35 people 35 got to agile. 35 agile marketing. Uh, before we get into it, I thought what I would try to do is share some of the information that I have over the years. This is a hobby rather than a day job, so you'll see um, various various levels of I was doing a presentation for someone and I thought it'd be kind of fun. This was kind of riff on the what the F is social media that in Canada put this classic social media presentation. Anyways, so way back in 2010, and this was someone uh, did a bunch of research and they came to the, they interviewed probably five people and I was probably one of the five people they could find doing this. And it really, some of the key characteristics are around, you know, it, very similar to what is agile software developers. High communication, low documentation, rapid iteration, you know, more often than not, what I talk to people about is really applying the principles of Agile. If you do it, there's quite a lot of variation in it. You'll see it in this panel tonight. I'm sure these three people are going to share with you the principles. And I'll share some stuff that I've learned along the way as well about it. Wikipedia, of course, because they are the authority on everything. But it shows um, same learn, adjust, and evolve in a, in a way that requires a lot of collaboration between people. And the contrast really is the terms that you'll see is, you know, on one end of the spectrum is agile, which is 
and then you know, and then you uh, do another long planning cycle. The challenges of water. If I write a specification for a software product, take a few months writing that, then we start developing it, for, inform your development, help you change and decide what you're going to do is different. So, and how much more interactive things we're doing, how many more uh, projects are we learn along this is going to be. We can't always plan our campaign plan much very very far ahead because we can adjust very quickly. So, with that, I wanted to open up the conversation. Can you guys describe what your jobs are? What do you do for a day job? What do you do for a living? Sure. Um, so as Frank mentioned, I spend a lot of time doing email marketing. Uh, I work for, we, within our marketing group, uh, we have 12 to 15, something like that, employees. My role is mainly use, so really marketing automation is a role that I spend my time doing. Uh, I'm also the Scrum Master Manager, so I, it's, it's a key distinction, right? I'm not, I don't have reports. Um, Yet, eyes and ears to make sure that we're following the process correctly and helping people are unsure about. Um, I could see someone raise their hand. This is a meetup, so it's meant to be interactive. If we use a term, please raise your hand along the way. Let's get the first question. From a rugby It came from the rugby world. That's where the AE Spring planning comes from. I work at a you know, technology startup focused on databases. It's about a 60%. Um, and so my role as, as marketing programs is basically anything that's not PR, AR, or social, you know, my, uh, unlike, unlike at Intronus, um, my organization is uh, agile ideas and techniques is um, interesting. <laughs> Industry is a validated, uh, regulated environment. Um, my job or my role is program and requirements establish all the processes in place to be able to actually customize the solutions for the link between the pharmaceutical companies and uh, the healthcare providers. So how do you better? Everything has to be completely different, but how do you use uh, Agile in a recurring project and different product that can be consumed by consumers and healthcare providers? Let's start down that end. Your experiences with Agile, like when did you first get started with the Agile process? So when did I get started? I probably have to go back like you know, at least 10 years back. Notification and um, financial services industry um, came to know about Agile. But um, one of the main things that I always keep telling is um, actually it's the nature of everything, but how do you actually implement it in different uh, business units? Is I, you know, even at my house, you know, I use a Kanban board for <laughs> making sure that the work gets done. So, you know, moving the story card right here. Um, so I, I think I've evolved a little bit down the road. There are some challenges to implementing Agile in a validated environment. Um, the way I always speak to Rockman, I'm sure Agile is not you know, completely implementable in its fashion. The solution that you're trying to solve is where uh, my experience came from, and I've been trying to learn about that as we go on. But in the podcast, when John and I were doing them, is that one of the things we learned is that there's or, you know, pure as a pure is the driven snow. So, yeah. Recently, um, certain people in this room may have indoctrinated me. Uh, but uh, the reality prior to Twin Strata, I was mostly a comms background. And in comms, it's much more familiar with um, Agile from a development perspective. I think I hadn't really done it from a market. Um, we were doing a lot of things in, an, in an, somewhere, somewhere in between, way out. Everything was ad hoc because we were a 20-person company just trying to 
just trying to just say, you know, we've got to get things done. Um, and so I went from this strict waterfall approach to mm -hmm. men um, and, and started to introduce some of the concepts. And that provided the structure that a current organization is, is much more waterfall-based. Um, and so I'm finding myself in the position that, that Frank, you know, to some extent was when he joined Instrata of trying to introduce a concept that is completely development team is still only just now getting into an agile development mode, um, let alone trying, you know, we're probably, you know, 5% oxygen <laughs> over at Node. Great, thanks. Uh, so my experience with agile, um, and we went from sort of the, the no man's land is what you call it, <laughs> uh, something um, organizationally, it wasn't a lot of good organization. Wasn't really good. We would have requests, right? We were supporting various groups, and they would want certain projects done, and, and certainly you know, we had trouble prioritizing all these requests. And so that's when we adopted the agile methodology. Um, and at Comrade, it was actually a bit top down. So management decided that everyone at the company, this was going to be a market uh, for moving that direction. Um, that said, at Carbonite, we were, and most of those 20, the other 17 were not agile. So we were database marketing. Now, which is Intronus, and when I came to Intronus, uh, we moved from again, it's more of a no man's land thing, um, into Agile a couple months after I started, and uh, to Carbonite. So uh, today, I think uh, we're in marketing right now. Um, it's not to say that we follow it to the T. It's not you know completely perfect to Agile, but in terms of so this is Sammy Group, right? This is sales and marketing. What's the I interchange yeah. together? He said we need to make sure we talk a bit about you know the inter into that area that no man's land uh, goals, right? I mean, how about your mar your sales teams? I mean, what's what's Agile mean to your sales team? Okay. Ross, you, um, you you figure out my algorithm here. Yeah. So what it means to our sales teams? Uh, I think that's about all they can. Um, no, in all honesty, I mean, you know. How can produce so uh, I think they believe in what we're doing uh, we work closely and I don't want to say there's not a lot of transparency between our groups because there is but the agile process is not something sales in your agile are they at all involved in sprint planning or sprint reviews not invited other stakeholders in and, and within marketing it's more um, now sales might say can you um, something like my current sprint is full, but I can certainly get that into the next. And they say, we really need it now, and we find a way to get it in. But that's one of the benefits of Agile is that uh, when it's off pretty easily, because everything's transparent, it's predictable, it's measurable. Um, and I think that's one of the benefits. So I think that Are you, when you say you were transparent, do you reveal what's going on in your sprint to the sales team? We don't necessarily hide it, but it doesn't come up a lot. I mean, for them, it's more, um, they don't get involved in sort of the trade-off conversation very often. It's, it's more... Uh, a lot of times we'll have something in our sprint that might be more uh, infrastructure-based or something that's not necessarily delivering like immediate return or batch of leads or something like that to sales. So usually that's the kind of thing that will slip. So if sales says, can we get this done? Our answer is typically yes now or next week, and then we have the discussion. But yeah, we really don't invite them into it. And it's not that we're pushing back. It's just that that conversation doesn't happen. One reason or another. While we're on sales, then, sure. do you see a role for it in sales? Is it a plot? Interesting question. I, I would say, I don't want to jump to, oh, good. No, I was going to say, I mean, certain sales teams probably run in an agile mode, if you think about it. I mean, what do you do in a sales team? Monday morning, the sales manager comes in and kicks butt and takes names, right? Friday, you go out and you, either, you, you review the week, you either get drunk or you get sent home as a bum, right? I mean, 
there's a certain element of the way that sales teams, you know, each at the end of each at the beginning of each month you have a you know, monthly sales kick off at the end of the month you look at your numbers. Yeah. Give out a bottle of champagne to the top guy like, and the last guy gets steak knives. Usual, yeah. Going back years. Right. The question really is what aspects of Agile, if any, could improve that process? Or should, yeah. could, could be used in that selling activity? Sales people are always looking to improve. You certainly can. Well, I think it's a really good question. The way sales teams often say, we'd like to test that or try that out. But in the sales environment, that often means and see what happened. But I think that if, if sales teams were to more... Um, backlog and a list of things we want to test or things we want to try and then we can pull those and prioritize them. I mean, that... Maybe there's a little more uncertainty. Like in some ways sales is like high performing sales teams in companies oftentimes are metrics driven. Um, I don't know, this is my personal experience. That they, they tend to be process driven. A lot more like software development that you run a campaign and you can have an idea that, you know, I did, I did a webinar with a partner today we had 30 leads on, we had 30 and predicted the number of what it is. So you know, we ended up, you know, there's a lot of unpredictability. Someone may disagree with me on that. Well, just to add on to that, I'm thinking of salespeople inside here, 60 people, and I just train them on prospecting, but I'm going to track the results of that program and then come back and tweak it. Maybe that fit in. Let's say sort of any type of work, and I, I think it could help that, but if you said, can Agile hold off my roof, shovel roofs better, I think yes. I mean, I think that there's a lot of benefits to Agile and lots of different, I would, this guy was a roofer playing to take the winter off, and now he's up on roofs. So I've managed uh, inside teams before, and I hate to, like, I feel like inside guys, it's like, shut up and make your hundred dials, right? I mean, I'm being a bit harsh and controversial. Got a question in the back, sure. Yeah, could you uh, define and describe waterfall? I mean, so for me, when I approach marketing right now, um, it, it's not we when when we when we implement Agile or when more as a holistic a holistic program, right? So, um, with my internal executive team on this, you know, I had to create a year long plan of elements, and then I'm going to have to create you know I had to create a much more detailed Q1 plan and be in Q2 and you know, to some extent, Q3, and okay, maybe Q4 is a little bit up in the air, but you, you know, this is this is the plan for the year, and come at the end, and this is what we did with it, right? And it's a very traditional waterfall approach. The problem is we're focusing on independent software vendors because that's where that's where the money is, and that's where we're getting we're getting results. Codes. Um, that that ability to adapt with that traditional waterfall, all of this kind of stuff, as compared to, you know dialing it back and trying getting both from a sales perspective on the leads that you're delivering to them, but also from a marketing perspective in terms of agile or medical. I mean, that doesn't comport with what I think the strategy, you know, is what you're trying to work, you know, where are we going? I mean if somebody doesn't know where they're testing, but that's not a strategy, that's just a that's just a test, right? That's just a two or four weeks, twelve, fifteen marketers and God, mm -hmm. I hope you got a few more salespeople in you know, yeah. direction and so I've done Agile on some pretty hard charging sales oriented leads, right? Don't tell me how you do it, but you know the the strategy of the business doesn't change, right? The target top down metrics that you use to drive a business they don't change, but the process of getting there 
come back to the original question is give me a give me a project that was once waterfall that's now agile building a website would be four weeks of writing a spec uh, four weeks of building whatever you're building to build a microsite for me a building a microsite was we put a team to week sprint is getting the SEO and the content cranked up and the third you know the third two weeks is is it doesn't negate the need for a sound business strategy it doesn't negate doesn't get eliminate it also doesn't mean you need to spend you know you know when I worked at Novell we did out of the IBM playbook which is 50 people in in our in a group ended up in a 500 cell spreadsheet which was going to be our plan for the next six months so no, uh, what I hear you saying is that you need to have a marketing market overall strategy but is it, does that mean that agile marketing is more about conceiving strategy it's not a, about conceiving strategy mm -hmm. I would agree in fact strategy doesn't shift as frequently but so, so the strategy is like what we're going to do, how, you know. Or pivot, you know, on different thing, opportunities that come up or right. see something works and or finally charging the hill and then finding that's the wrong hill. Yeah. When it comes to agile, you know, when we think of, you know, Canada might and sales in manufacturing mindset, you know, they both have, you know, commonalities. So in, in, in your have X many leads in my place, or you know, so much of sales volume generated ahead of time. So you know, plan your iterations in ten days in every week. Okay, or you are already falling apart, falling short of the second week and the third week. So that's I'm going to take this approach and shoe on it, and then expect that it's going to fail. That's not the way. It works very well for those kind of initial thinking, like a personal self-management, self-forming. Getting a new customer is relatively easy. Other way around, yeah. It's okay. It's other way around. So yeah. I, I, it's a competitive world, and pretty much everyone is coming up with differentiated pro products over there. So how do you keep this? Like, okay, this product do this. I have this solution. I sorry, I have this particular challenge. Can I principles of agile is fail fast. You don't want to take too much time to actually, you know, tell the customers after growing. You are able to put a spike experiment, which is called iteration zero, or you know, first iteration to say, I'm going to take it to agile sales, like working software versus comprehensive documentation, right? But here, from a sales study, the result of that thing, like yes, this is a good project for us to continue investment, absorb these risks, and you know, negotiate. That in and of itself is a not problem. Excuse me, I just, I, I still don't have an answer to my question, which is. Uh, and maybe I'm just not. Uh, it sounds to me as if it's more of a mindset. You know, I do smaller things. I'm waiting for that example, and maybe it, it doesn't exist. There, there um, are, this is what I do differently. It's historically when you yeah, build. No, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I get that. I heard that. I got that. Yeah. I'm just curious no. how their the mindset. But I'm, I'm trying to see how that is actually translated into actual. Work. I mean, so so if I take a look at. You know, I've talked to I've talked to my team, right? So the way that we've done ad or what well, the way we've begun to to, to implement agile of other people, right? And um, the way in which they are accustomed to work for the week, okay? But it's you know it's it's it all ties back to that that bigger plan, and but to some extent they're they're still very self-contained, right? And so um, one of the things and the daily meetings enable us. You know, not it's not a time for us to all talk about the stuff, the things that require the sort of immediate immediate discussion, immediate interaction with your teammate quickly, and so that by the end of the week, 
rather than having to go the entire week and then come to the next meetup and I don't know, you know, I've, I've tried a couple of things and I'm kind of, I'm kind of stuck and now we're a week behind, you know, more constant, more constant discussion, feedback, and, and, and it kind of goes also back to the bridge, much more integration across marketing team because there is a much more... I think I agree completely with the, the way Lorita yeah. you said earlier. And I guess if I can address that, I'd say, let's say for example, right, to achieve the strategy that the business has set out, we need to acquire new leads and we need to, with, to get made of and then bring those leads in and get them to sales, right? But I've also got to run some webinars. I've also got to get insights so that we can improve our SEO results, right? And so all those things are on my plate for the next quarter. And I've got all those things in my mind, and I'm just not sure what I'm going to spend my day on or my week on. With Agile, week or current sprint, we would call it. Um, so my entire week is focused only on getting site. I don't have to worry about the email blast. I don't have to worry about whatever else I said was on my plate, right? All that says I need this response tomorrow about that project, I'm probably not even going to answer that email um, because I'm having this week done. Um, and so that's, I think, one of the big advantages is it helps you focus. Um, and the management knows that this new batch of leads is going to sales by next week, and they can then go to the week. And if somebody asks, when's that email blast going? Well, that's in the backlog. We'll get to it. And so there's that really, and from an individual contributor perspective, you know what to do today. So let me ask a slightly different agile on what's still waterfall, Lorita. What's what's in your team? What what are you doing agile with, and what are you not? So so I think that what 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 John was just talking about this sort of hyper hyper focus. We're 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 doing much more of that now. I think one of the things that you know my team members have said to me is prior to us starting, they this is their first job out of college. They just are handed a bunch of crap, and they don't they know they need to get get done. And it's more than just hey, these, these things are more important than the other things, right? Because when you save action of this, this sort of hyper-focus and saying, look, okay, this is your, you know, I'll have your name on it, right? And when you're done with those things, if you, if you finish those today, then we can talk about something else. But that's really excelled in, in our organization. It's really helped them, uh, help to prioritize. Um, um, it's, I mean, it's, it's, as I said, I think part of this is more about, um, I'm upset that I haven't been able to implement yet is, something as simple as uh, sales team and they're excited for the for the, prop, the 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 idea of it because they like to have this um, which we provide but not in that kind of formalized process that um, I think is square reviews from the software world where we can do this week and do some the normal backlog something that changes our place and that sort of thing. Uh, in the in the in the marketing world it sounds like you're tracking your sort of daily schedule. When you're doing a, something like screen create, like scrubbing up the side of your commit, and it's two weeks with the high water, is that test, how do you know what the capacity is? How do you actually go back and preserve those things that you say you're going to preserve in that time? And software, we now do the capacity. We're just doing them. We look at all our capacity. We know our bins are full. We say, we're done. And I'm talking to a lot of people doing Agile, the sizing and velocity and the things that you guys are doing. Yeah, or just no one. Right. So I mean, I know we use law. I use law of averages, and I know that uh, on a given sprint, you know, from make the tasks down, and it's pretty accurate. You know, I can within plus five. Plus, you know. Experienced guy, right? So you have a gut feel that you know you or your team, the advanced team, that sort of know that they're highly performing. They know that they can't get you. Doing a startup and scrum, how do you get a team to figure out what they can do? 
don't have. And this is the this is the value of it because if you got it wrong, you've got the next sprint to start getting it. You know, especially when you're first starting out, especially when you've got a team that maybe you're not familiar with and you don't know their capacity about x you know x amount of time, right? Um, but I think that there's also the idea. So the question the question is not um, what happens when you fail, but you fail, you were wrong in this instance. There's no reason not to take that take that understanding to buffer. <laughs> you know, so I, I sort of try to where I can, I try to overestimate how much tasks that I know about, but also as a buffer for some of the things that I know that are going to be, hey, I don't want of that that you can't avoid. And so there has to be a little bit of a buffer anyway. And that's something very important in my mind. It's a self-organized team, right? And so Everybody knows everybody, and everybody knows what you are really determined by your, your time commitments from the clients are not going to be just in your control at all. Well, you know, it's a results driven, it's not the efforts driven uh, approach over here. So, you, you know, your performance in a team will go down, and fundamentally in agile, you should not be looking at it you are failing at that. I would, I'd just like to add that we, we do, we talked about velocity, we actually do use velocity, we, we do measure what's completed on it. Sprint by sprint basis, and then you know I calculate velocity for ideal to, to lump the team together, but we don't work that way in our case. Um, for a couple of concepts we do use, and um, like Lorena said towards the beginning, not really technical, but basically uh, sprint one, sprint two, sprint three, sprint four, just like Frank was talking about. And and I would say, Sarah, does this feel like the amount of work you can probably do in a week? And Connor, do you think a month and a half of that with each team member? The velocity becomes a little bit more reliable. And Lorraine talks about a buffer. I don't really think of it as a buffer, but there's always a couple of tasks in the week that we prioritize. We get to them. Well, they were bottom priorities for a reason. Well, so, I, you know, uh, Lorraine and I work. We usually do. Lorraine and I work together with a two-week sprint plan. About seventy percent of the number of tasks we knew we could get done because we had a had a sales who must have items <laughs> that he agreed to, and we would say, Are "We all in on this?" It's the classic here and all that. And, and within 24 hours, it would be, well, I know I agreed to those yesterday. On top of that, I'd say, well, what are we not going to do? Right? Because it is, it's a zero-sum game. Um, how, do you, how do you deal with creativity that's into, say, agile as opposed to agile that's into So I think it is. It, it remains a challenge. Um, a smaller number of things that are taking up your concentration. It is easier to, to refocus of crap that needs to get done in the next month. You're, you still only have the you know, half dozen things that you need. You know, if if there isn't, you know, if you know that you don't have this buffer, you you've got your your capacity is that's fine. I I'll write that data sheet for you, or I'll I'll, I'll finish this RFP. RFP get to choose which thing I don't do this week that that gets delivered to you next week. Um, and because the stakeholders who have agreed to what was on that on that plan, they are therefore empowered in some respect, and I think it gives you much more um, it gives you much more leverage in those conversations. You are willing to sacrifice X X task instead, um, and they can and, and that I think is to have that conversation. And going back to Loretta's uh, point over here, if you are implementing agile in marketing or sales. One of the main important ingredients of the Scrum Master is to remove obstacles. So from a development project as a, as a Scrum Master, I went back and said, like, no, listen, you are trying to have a huge forum. My team can attend, but if they do, these projects have to be eliminated. 
uh, for the next you know four 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 days or so. So this sprint has to be terminated. Correct. The victim listened to it. So you know it's it's really up to the scrum master at that point to own that thing. And then for you, this could be a challenge. I think that's a really, I mean that's a really point where where people don't understand the unintended consequences of really what it is so important. Maybe you just talk a little bit more about that because you're really working a cultural issue, and uh, well, you, culture drives everything. And I start slow, and you're going to fail more than you do it well. But how how, you, how are you seeing it affect other people, particularly senior executives, and maybe a little bit? Let's go back to the sales. Your comment about sales. I mean. Sales' job is about interrupting moments. So you're right. I mean, I think it does definitely help. You know, it, it's a it's an change the culture and the nature of the relationship between sales and marketing. We had Mike Volpe, the CMO of HubSpot. It's been a while since we've had a meetup, and he talked about you know how it really limits for six months. Well, you can you know it changes the nature of the conversation because I don't get planning meeting each of the last two weeks for the last you know. Last twelve sprints, and you didn't bring it up. The dialogue definitely changes the. Yeah, I, I would say based on my experience, more self-proclaimed Scrum, right? So our marketing team decided we're going to work in Scrum man, right? Agile Scrum, Carbonite. The whole organization was shifting that direction, and it was top down. And so because of that, either him or one of his representatives, it might be you know his assistant or whatever, our sprint planning meeting. And if they didn't, they could email us a project. But if they didn't speak up at sprint planning or on that day. And the fact that we knew our velocity was, and the fact that we planned in this process, and everywhere is the contrast of here in Patronus, where we could do it ourselves. Good question, Richard. I mean, to me, that to me, that's a win in and of itself. Whether or not sales understands what you're doing, right, to buy off on those deliverables, was, I think that would have a huge An organization that's that's just starting to understand it. If you have folks that are either you know, more junior or just have, by nature, you know, are, are people pleasers, right? Um, you know, I've got, I've got a guy on my team who's a superstar, he's fantastic, everybody loves him, and as a result, you know, everybody goes to Knox and wants to get everything done because he's the guy to go to, right? And, and of course, the challenge is, is that, and I'm saying, well, how far did you progress on X, you know, where we're having a discussion about where you stand, railed by this, 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 and this, and, and, and having the process in place actually because he's a count has to deliver, for instance, a video by the end of you know by the end of the sprint, right? He has to be a point of understanding for what these little these little tasks. Oh, but it's going to take little tasks have been taking away from his overall productivity. I wow, it's mental to this. Right. But the other side, where you know, one of the people could be, I think, you're being forced to get it done. Getting it done, almost by definition. I actually perceive a quality increase um, because in the task that, that had to happen today, you're able to really focus on the work that, that you, you know, work that that person can do in a week. So we're giving him the time he needs and he, he's able to focus. Constant on conversation is trying, how do we break this thing down into smaller chunks? It's constant up uh, leaking over. It's leaked over two sprints that we just can't seem to get. And, it keeps coming because we keep. I keep fighting the battle of breaking it into smaller chunks and trying to get discussing and, you know, months and and we've it was on the, since sprint four. So because every time we stop quality because we you know we leaked over from sprint four to all the way to sprint twelve because we were focused. More things get screwed up because it just never gets. 
it's, that's in some ways just as bad, right? Things came in the front. You know, it's the, the Kanban kind of thing. You know, we have a fixed queue of stuff we're working off of. And, and I make those decisions and I try to make them real time. If someone complains, then I say, look, here are you aided with. So. Exactly, you know, uh, quality by design, when you look at quality by design principle, after four hours, it's not going to be that you're going to complete it in four days because there is something called context switching. Yesterday, where did you stop it and where do I start it from? And so you are going to take more time to do those cases, less interruptions. So quality will definitely go down and quality will go up. Even. That question about roles, one of the ways it has the same thing. Scrum. People talking about Scrum Masters. It sounds like you're playing the role of product owner in, in your work uh, in setting up in a marketing environment as a team and as a organization. Is there always a clear manages the priorities and makes those priorities switch. At Intronus, I guess I can I can share both examples, but at Intronus, the product owner, owner is, is happens to be a friend, a friend of Frank's, but you know, the uh, digital marketing manager. So we report to Richard, and so he decides what's a priority. So really, he's the product owner within that group. He also happens to be the manager of that group. At Carbonite, we were supporting various constituents throughout the company, um, and because we invited them into the sprint planning process, they were all product owners. Um, and they would come into the sprint planning process and they would, you know, duke it out, right? And when that number got to 100% on the screen, we knew we were full. So those are two very different approaches. Um, at Carbonite, because it was top down, we had full time Scrum Masters coaches. These were agile coaches that were, we had three or four FTEs that did nothing but Scrum Master for various groups within the company. Um, and coach our teams, and they weren't vested in the marketing group or the you know, engineering group. At Tronus, I happen to be part of the team, so I'm implementing, I'm actually executing, but I'm also the scrum master. That's a symptom of the fact this company hasn't decided to invest in like, you know, scrum master and the coaches. Um, so that's, that's how we do it. To your point, um, if you're going to implement Agile, you really have to invest in the Agile uh, product owner and Scrum Master roles. Um, you know, I mean, we have already limited our scope to basically two roles over here. You know, the team, the coach, uh, or the you know the product owner, and, and the Scrum Master. If you try to remove those particular roles, you have pretty much eliminated all the ombudsman. Like, you know, the person that is going to fight for you, the person that is going to gather the information of the, what the product is, and all all this information is lost. And you look at a sales organization. Either most likely the sales people are always on the go. You know, they're always on the road. The whole idea of co-location is pretty much not possible in a sales uh, environment all the time. So when all these members are having input, where is all their product backlogs getting captured? Like you, you went to a salesperson and that person basically came back and said, you know, the customer wanted feature A. He will be into another sales organization. The same different customer will be saying the same feature A, but you know A dot one. Where is all this information to the mark, the product owner to basically say all these features are coming? What is the unsaid requirements these customers are not telling us that we really have to go and to study and all those things? When that product owner is missing, there's no point in. Now, if you fail agile, agile will fail you. So you need to have those two roles. If you don't have those two roles and expect that I'm going to be agile, uh, it's like buying a, a ticket to you know, some place you don't even know where you are going. What about, so we talk about people, right? 
in marketers, we always love talking about tools. We always like to talk about, I use, you know, Salesforce for CRM. I use HubSpot, sorry, HubSpot for my um, marketing automation or Marketo or something like that. I mean, what do you guys use to manage your Agile? Google Docs. That's it. I thought I was the only one. Because <laughs> right. it's free. At Carbonite, we had uh, both Jira and Rally, which are very expensive. So. Yeah, I mean, we, we use Google Docs. I mean, our, 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 our development team uses Jira. <laughs> yeah. We haven't been given <laughs> What do you guys use in development? Do you use like Jira or is there? I spent about an hour one day trying to get Jira is a tool that the developers use. It's like a wiki or like a you know like a, a site where they can kind of enter the stuff and track all their tasks. And it's pretty it's pretty tailored towards developers and and um, it's pretty sophisticated. And for you know my three person two and a half person marketing team, it's maybe a bit on the overkill. I started using Google Docs like five years ago and haven't stopped since because it's just so, it's just lightweight and it. it yeah, I've heard Trello. That was the other one. I've heard many people talk about. Trello is the one that I use on my Kanban too. Yeah, that sounds cool. I've been meaning to try it. I've looked at it a couple of times, but I haven't, I guess it ends up being, I don't want to say laziness or inertia or whatever it is. I mean, I just think the Google Doc is so, you know, if people and I've got Often our sprint planning process includes my PR team who's down in Connecticut and, you know, we've got people, I've got a guy in Cambridge who is a consultant who sometimes drops in and, you know, ends up being, you know, I've always, when I was at Novell, we had guys in Utah and we had guys in Cambridge, we had guys in Europe, you know, we just, I had, when I worked with Jeff's boss, Richard, we had guys in Israel and we had guys, you know, in different places. So I, I always liked Google Docs because the real-time collaboration was really, worked well for us. Really well for us. I just want to do a quick time check. Where's Lewis? Where's Lewis? How, how, what's the? Oh, no, I just want to check. What's the expectation? Okay, great. Okay, super. That's pretty fine. So let's talk. Let's talk the future, right? Let's talk the future. I mean, where do you guys see? You know, the reason I ask this is that I talk the dominant design because no sooner did we start talking agile then growth hacking became the thing, right? Last year was the year of growth hacking. And then I'm hearing more Kanban kind of stuff being kicked around. Um, Agile's there. Um, I don't know, hyper social organization. What's, what's the future? Where is this all going? What do you think, Shri? I know, um, from an Agile standpoint in the future, I'm seeing a lot of role mergers. Um, if you look at... Um, um, product management. You know, I, I don't believe in waterfall at all. I, I either think like there is hybrid or there is uh, agile. There's no uh, waterfall in between for me. Um, so the way I'm envisioning the future is from plan-driven development, when we move into agile, the project management has to go up 
they have to become product owners, business analysts, become project managers, and all those things happen. <coughs> the account management has to actually start looking into some of the technicalities of the project management so that they can upsell, cross-sell, and all those things. Um, similar trend I'm seeing, or at least I'm seeing in terms of uh, the sales and marketing, the sales members will become a little bit of the marketing members because they help charter the product. They help design the product. They are the field of the They are in the client, so they will actually have a lot of new information that can be coming into the marketing members so that they can design the product right. Not necessarily what the sales is heard, but necessarily the other way around. Same way, the marketing manager, if you look at um, the mastering the complex sale, I was talking to someone over here, uh, mastering the complex sale by uh, Tao. Um, if you uh, read his book, he's basically talking about era three of sales, where he's expecting the sales and marketing members to actually become a little bit more project managers and account managers and those kind of things that he's talking about. So you are becoming a conduit into the development organization and the product design organization. So this is a critical role that is evolving. That's not to say that a sales will exist only as a, as a marketing person or anything like that, but I am seeing a lot of role mergers with responsibilities and legacy. Interesting. You think we're ready? I mean, I think sort of building on that a little bit, there's, at least in the organizations that I've been at, there's a tendency to be very siloed, right? Um, you know, there's 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 engineering, there's sales, there's marketing. Even though sales and marketing is supposed to be talking, they're very very siloed uh, in a traditional in a traditional manner. Um, and I think that what I'm finding is with with the introduction of some of the techniques that we were talking about today, uh, you're seeing much more uh, a much more much more cross cross functional uh, communication. Because there's a mechanism and a reason for doing so in a way that I think was ch more challenging to do in in, um, in previous in previous times. I think that's the thing that I see the most. Um, and I think that from a marketing standpoint, I mean, certainly, like I said, I, I mean, my I, I focus on startups. It's all the only thing I do. I just as as, as Frank mentioned earlier, I like I spent two months at EMC and I, I had to get the heck out. Um, so one of the things with with startups, and I think uh, in general, is that it's it's obviously you know particularly well suited for um, an organ an organizational style that requires fast failures, so that you can you know your funding's only going to last so long, right? So I think that you're going to start to continue to see the introduction and the, the adoption of agile cross conscious marketing, but where where it makes sense to other or other parts of the organization as well, because all of the different functions need to understand and learn how to have a structured process for failing fast and recovering. I think that um, I think that where we see where we'll see agile grow most, I, I think there's going to be huge adoption for the agile methodology because you know the, the basis for my thinking there is just that everybody I know who's adopted agile has enjoyed it, has benefited from it, and has kept doing it. I don't know anybody who's Switched to Agile and then stopped, um, but I know that you know. I'm not sure if he's joking or not. But Shreve is <laughs> at home, right? Uh, with three kids or two, two and one almost ready. I, I believe it might work. Um, so I think the adoption will increase, and I think it's it's great. Um, I think we'll see it mostly in really highly competitive markets, probably more on the smaller side of companies, startups, and things because. You know, if you have a large organization and you're in a, 
big player. Um, you can plan your quarter, your year strategically, and you can probably even plan your tactics and stick to them. <coughs> but I think it's the smaller startups or the really competitive landscapes where we're going to see people have to be more agile or no fail as an organization. I, I just want to interject because you were talking about AMC. I was an AMC as a contractor in 2011, where they implemented a primo across the entire company. Yeah. So, they had to so the, the difference, we would all love to be a startup where we can create things from scratch. There's certainly an advantage. The difference is the vision. I mean, somebody, and again, because they're engineers and they're technical and they have the right people in place, but and, and the empowerment. But you have, some of these companies, it, the, the executive sponsorship just isn't there yet. So you can yeah. buy all the tools and you can hire them and you can explain it. And it's, I, I did see it, and, and why, that's why I'm here and why I'm trying to push it in my, I'm at Bright Horizons now, and I'm trying to push it on individual projects and just sort of be the little virus that goes around the company yeah. to try to get it. Because we desperately need it. Because some people have talked about, I've been in marketing for years, mostly in larger companies. All these things that you're talking about, well, what do you do if somebody comes in at the last minute and changes it? What do you do if the vice president of sales has a new idea and wants you to do something different? That's been going on all yeah. along. That always happens. And I agree with what Lorena's been saying, too. It's that two-week, it's that check-in where you can say, okay, you have you have sort of a process where you have to adopt to market changes. And somebody's going to come in and say, well, this change, we have to change it. But you have a process where it's, it's transparent and everybody knows. And with the right executive sponsorship, they they just let you, they give you, they give you their goals. And if you are delivering mm -hmm. on their goals and they just let you do it, then it, it, it'll work. Yeah. But, I agree with you. I mean, the transparency thing is the, something that can't be sold short. The fact that I, don't know, I personally still find that having the check in every two weeks with my CEO and the head of sales and the head of pre sales and my mark and my inside guys and everyone in one room at the end of two weeks to see what's going to happen in marketing over the next two weeks. Very, you know, very rarely. My boss, I think he tries, he, he tries every time we sit down to find things to like, you know, to comment on, but he struggles at times. I'll say, I got a couple of really, really small things that I, he, 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 it's this small that we want to think about because we talk so frequently and everything gets, every time someone says something, I put it in the backlog. You know, it, 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 almost every single time something comes in, nothing gets left off the backlog, so nothing slips through the cracks. And yeah, so just to share kind of my thoughts. I mean, that the, I'm a geek. I, I studied chemistry in undergrad, and I got my MBA. Studied marketing at one of the schools on, on the river. And um, the th the area that I think is the greatest opportunity. I, the reason one of the reasons I was interested in this group is that, that there's this area in between sales and marketing. And the, and the thing that I've been thinking more and more about, and our developer friends will appreciate this, is an area called DevOps. It's in the development world, which is the intersection. You know, Developers write software, they throw it over the wall to the operations guys who are supposed to put it on the server and make it run, right? Well, as you can imagine, it's a similar thing to, to, to what goes on in sales and marketing. Marketing generates the leads and throws them over the wall to sales, and then they call them, and why doesn't it close? And, I, I think that in my mind, there's the, success, the companies I've been more successful at have been the ones where we've had a really closer relationship and I've owned inside or parts of inside. And the companies where I've struggled the most are the places where they won't 
call my F in leads or they won't they, they you know I say I generated 200 leads they say what 200 leads they were all junk they were from India they were from war, you know they people who aren't qualified to buy anyways I still think that you know there's an interesting opportunity going forward at that intersection of sales and marketing you know I think that one of the marketing automation vendors calls it smarketing you know whatever the, their clever term is right but I think there's a great opportunity for us as as marketing people in sales to try and figure out some new ways to make these two teams work together in a more seamless way. That doesn't mean, you know, put the head of sales in charge of marketing. That means actually finding better ways to get the processes much more integrated and seamless. So I'll be the first to admit, I mean, in my current role, uh, you know, I, I've spent so much time in the first six months trying to crank up the funnel, and my head of sales has spent so much time trying to sell our first customer because we have no customers. That's a as a Series A company, that's our challenge. That you know, I woke, woke up yesterday in my sprint review and saw 200 leads sitting in in process state with my inside guys. So, you know, there's a whole lot of that which I still think is a tremendous opportunity for organizations. And and I don't know that there's there's been a lot of conversation about it, but there hasn't been a lot of there hasn't been a lot of innovation around that intersection. So let me ask, like, one last, kind of coming up against it on time, one last question I often ask, ask the panel is, if someone in this room is not doing Agile, what advice would you give them to try and help them get started or get it moving in their organization? You want to start, you want to start Jeff? Or? Sure. I think it starts with... thinking about the work that you're... Think about your tactical goals, right? What are you, what work are you trying to achieve and what work are you not able to achieve? And think about how Agile might put you in a position where you could have got more of that done. Maybe talk to somebody who has experience with Agile and have them consider sort of ways that, that the Agile process might have helped you achieve more of those goals. Uh, because for me, when, I, when I've worked without Agile, the biggest challenge was a whole bunch of work that we couldn't quite finish or couldn't quite finish well. So, you know, just like sort of any change that anyone makes in life, I think it's about solving a problem or fixing a pain point, right? If you're sales, you're trying to sell against a pain point and put a benefit in front of somebody. I think if you want to sell yourself on Agile or you think you might be a candidate or a prospect for Agile, then um, think about what the benefit is. And I think the benefit is getting more of the work you want to get done, actually done. For me, I think it's sort of similar to that, but if I think about it from an implementation perspective, um, it's, uh, in my experience, people tend to see marketing as kind of this black box here, who's, who's either always saying no or never quite finishing things for, for exactly what Jeff is saying. Um, and I think that from a buy-in perspective, while you can certainly try to, you know, try to do agile, you know, in a self-contained way, I think it, it sort of defeats some of the some of the advantages to the process. Um, and so I think that getting it started is as much about explaining uh, to other key stakeholders across the organization, your CEO, your VP of sales, um, even your engineering team, you know, people that are are affected by marketing, um, and 
helping them to understand that this process gives them that greater transparency that we've been talking about so that they can better understand what it is that you're trying to accomplish, how it's going to affect their organization and themselves personally. Um, and that, that that gives them a forum and a process for um, participating in what you achieve in a way that's less, you know, like less like a black box. So one of the things that I would recommend is uh, just for two weeks, the next two weeks, without questioning yourself, start documenting everything that you are doing. And at the end of two weeks, question yourself, should this be done by you? Should you be doing these things? Maybe you are actually <coughs> picking up somebody else's work that you should be doing and you are not able to focus on what you have to be doing. So this will help clean the chart and say, okay, this is what I should be doing. I'm not able to do this because I am focusing on these things. And it will elevate your understanding. And then you can go and talk to your, your manager or your you know, VP of sales and say, look, for two weeks, I was trying to be agile, and I looked at this, and I said, this is all the thing that I am really doing I should not be doing. And if these things are out of my play, guess what? I'll be able to spend more time and create more leads and more revenue for you. And which one do you want to do? Right. Objectively speaking, look at it that way. The second thing is, um, I encourage all of you to go and read that uh, Agile Marketing Manifesto. It's the same thing as Agile Manifesto, but it's not the same. It's not a similar thing. But you know, start the software manifesto, there is agile marketing manifesto, and all those things. I encourage you to go and read about that and get a little bit more educated about what is out there. You know, you, there are a lot of webinars, a lot of seminars, there's so many YouTube videos on this. Uh, by you know, um, by uh, Mike Cohn, uh, Seven Sins of Agile, and you know, so many different things that are out there. So just be informed about this and Think of yourself as to how you can apply it, because this is not like a cookie-cutter strategy, because this is going to work for you. What works for you will not necessarily work for you. So evaluate it. You know, first, awake. I say five A principles. First, awake. Now, arise. Do something to get information. Adapt something, and then modify it, adapt it, and then you get adapted. So what I'm asking you all of you to do is just trust the system. Go and look into it for two weeks, evaluate what you should be doing, what you should not be doing, implement the process, and benefit from it. Thank you, Shri. Great. Well, thanks, everyone, for coming. And we'll be around here.